What it do, what it is, what it ain't. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Get Right Podcast. Don't forget to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to get notifications of new content. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you dig? Cue the music. But it ain't and happy new year because it's the get right podcast man and we back it's your boy t never rolling solo so you know who i got rolling with me man the brain trust himself rod give us those three words man you're probably gonna have more words because i know you're excited about this new year what up though that's it all right three <laughs> words then <laughs> love it and of course the other homie always rolling with me man the people they love to hate hate to love man dc what's good bro yeah, it's your boy DC in the place to be. Shout out to the 80s. I'm gonna keep it brief today. Uh that's it. Man, Rod, I'm surprised you didn't come out with the gold blue. Congratulations, sir. Happy new year to y'all fellas. And and Rod, congratulations, bro. You got Go that blue. chip. Got yeah. that natty. See, I was I was waiting for it. I was waiting for you to turn up. Yeah. Now Rod was ready to fight me, bro. He was like, F the SEC, bro. I don't give a I don't give a piss. <laughs> nah, no. It's like that. <laughs> yeah, bro. He was turned up on me, bro. Man, <laughs> he yeah, was they, up. they tried to say we were scared, man, and they tried to say Michigan can't don't have the athletes to to hang with the SEC and the Big Ten is trash and they ain't play nobody. All right, bet. Shout out mm. to Jim McCarthy on that one, huh? <laughs> that tweet, bet. Mm-hmm. I mean, nah, they did their thing, bro. Once they beat Bama, man, I knew they was gonna win the chance. They was gonna win the chip. I couldn't see nobody else stopping. Couldn't Man. see nobody else stopping him. It's a glorious feeling. No, we we retired Tricky Nicky, dog. Like, see, here you go. <laughs> Y'all didn't retire that. Yeah, the NIL retired him. Yeah, yeah that is a change in the guard. About to say NIL and and also the. I I told T this a couple of years ago. I'm surprised he he actually is still coaching at seventy something years old. Yep, seventy two. You did say that because. You did say that. Like college football, I don't I don't know if people understand how rigorous that is. And mm-hmm. when you add in, like back in the day, recruiting was basically a season, right? You you mm-hmm. had a period that you had to recruit. Now, not only do you have to recruit new players, you got to recruit out the portal, and yep. you have to recruit your own players from trying to go to the portal, bro. Like that's just mm-hmm. nonstop. Like I, yeah, you got to be on guard, bro, and it's happening. Because, yeah. of course, you know me, I'm always following the roll tide, the message board. And then it's like, bruh, all these recruiters, they coming out of nowhere now. Mm-hmm. And save it in the loud that. He was in the way like, nah, bruh. But yeah. it's happening, man. It is what it is, man. It's yeah, it's pay for play. Oh, damn. Yeah. So it's, it's a new, it's a, it's a, it's going, I'm going to see what this new album bring <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from Kaylin DeBoer. See what he do, man. Um, hey, shout, the AD said it. The AD said it. Seventy-two hours. Give me seventy-two yeah. hours or less. Yeah, they knew who they wanted. Uh, but shout out to Kalen. He's he's an Eastern Michigan guy. He was our offensive coordinator for a couple years. He's super smart. So, so I yeah. give him shout out since he went to my alma mater. But for sure, yeah, we'll know. see. We'll I don't see know if he's ready ready for that. Those <clears throat> uh, 
what's what's the politically correct term? Those um sunburn neck people <laughs> in, the, in Alabama, bro. He in the sticks now. He in the sticks now. One thing he said in the press conference is though, he's like, I don't know everything, you know, when it comes down to this region. So I am gonna put the right people in place to help me. And so that kind of made a lot of players at ease. I mean, and tricky Nikki's still there, dog. Like yeah, man, he gonna be the president of operations. Yeah, it's him. not. It's not act like he gone. Like he. Nah, he ain't gone, gone. But he, he just done on my head. He still he he done running around though. Hmm. He done running around though. So, a part of he wonders is um, as we have the NIL and transfer portal. If, if mm-hmm. At some point, the powers that be maybe put in like contracts. Like, hey, you got to sign for two years. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You you got to sign. Maybe not a full four year. I guess you could do a full four year, but. Say hey, if you don't if you don't stay for at least two years, then you gotta pay some money back or mm-hmm. something to kind of keep players from just they the to out. every single season. I mean, because at, yeah. at the same time, you I do think, want a little bit of continuity Jim, for your team yeah. as well. Jim Jim Harbaugh said it, and Nick Nick Saban said it. You should need to transition over to revenue share. Mm-hmm. That's really what nil is. Supposed, supposed to be, to be right. <laughs> like right now, it's just bringing to light what some of these schools have been doing for ages. But now, now that it's openly, mm-hmm. quote unquote, acceptable, people are just going nuts with it. And like you said, DC, the continuity of a team, as we've just proven with this University of Michigan team, one forty-four, they have forty-four seniors, bro. Like the continuity oh, wow, of a team, that big. a huge difference. Yep. And, Hopefully seeing something like that is going to encourage players to stick around a little bit longer and like fight through adversity. Like that's the biggest thing I have against the transfer portal. I get it can be helpful. I don't I don't like the the prime way of doing it of building your team around it because one that continuity and two like you got to build these young men mm-hmm. to battle adversity though like our society is already like I want it now. You know that what I mean? Part. So if if they're not going to learn it in high school, which they're not, and they're not going to learn it in college, you mean to tell me they have to wait till they get to the league or not even make it to the league and fail in society to learn that lesson? At that point, like we're too late. We're behind the game. So we have to find some sort of way to balance this thing out where kids are willing to fight through adversity and like go yeah. earn your spot, bro. Like Yeah. You ain't getting enough playing time. Do better. Yeah. Big facts. Yeah, that's a fact. We'll figure it out, man. Hopefully. But you're right, Rod. I think this, I hope this 12-team playoff thing figure it out, too. You might see a school that got more seniors like that, and they just know how to be cohesive, bro, and fight through it. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, like 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 basketball. You see, like, man, where this school come from? Shit, we've been playing together this long. Yeah. That's why, yeah, man. Honestly, I don't see anything shaking up with the 12-team <laughs> playoff. System. I think so, man. Fingers bro, crossed. I'm optimistic. But we've never seen an upset in college football playoff history. Hmm? Ever. With four teams. We've never yeah. seen an upset. So we'll so see like, the 12. So why would – but I'm saying if we haven't seen an upset with the top four, why well, we are we going to see an upset year. with the top 12? We saw it last year, TCU. Oh, yeah. Michigan. Yep, yep, yeah. TCU's Trust supposed me. to lose that. Yep. Trust me, my team, my team know about the upset. Like <laughs> that wasn't. Oh yeah, to be that's a right. I game. forgot about TCU. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, they yeah. like fourteen point. 
It was they, something they, they, crazy. They, they, they were they were underdogs. They won by six. Yeah, they won by six points. But yeah, they were underdogs yeah. going into it like legit under like I think 14, 11 yeah. point underdogs. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. Let me be more clear in what I was what I was trying to say. <laughs> We've never seen a four seed win the, the natty that that's more so what so uh, we've seen the number mm-hmm. two team win but we've mm-hmm. never seen a we've four, never yeah. seen the, a four seed hey you know say, uh, we, we, i don't this, wait a minute a four no, seed never won the natty I, I think ohio state didn't they one name no. four seed uh-huh. they weren't four no they was, ba- two. was bama a four seed then uh-uh. or they were three seed uh bama was no uh the first year they won it when they yeah. went against oregon they played yeah. i thought they were a four seed there were they three there were three and Bama was what two? Yep. Okay. I got pop. No, Bama was one. Bama was a one seed. So they would have had to be a four seed then. Because one and four playing the semi, and then the final. Because Ohio State won that final. They beat. Yeah, but they play, the they beat Oregon though. Mm-hmm. In the final. What did they beat Oregon in the final? Ah, yeah, yeah they were. You know what? Two thousand fourteen. Google is your friend. Yeah, Ohio State in yep. twenty fourteen. They, so it happened. They, they were okay. Yeah, it's you're right. All it was right. one and four. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, so we'll see, we'll man. See. As it's, but it's rare. Man. It's All rare. Right. It's rare that that happens. It's rare, man. Yeah. Speaking speaking of rare, because it's been a minute. Twenty one Savage. We ain't seen a single album from him in a minute, which is rare. But he's been on a lot of stuff cooking. Actually, you know, twenty one doesn't bad. drop a lot. You say rare, but yeah, that's what I said. Speaking of rare, like yeah. he, he don't drop a lot. He he's on a lot of stuff. Yeah. DC, I know you got something to say about it. I just think it's a lost art, man. I, I feel like, um, you know, shout out to Wayne because he flooded the market. But ever since Wayne <laughs> flooded the market back in like 07, 06, 08 time frame and ever since, a lot of rappers have just kind of taken that and ran with it and flood the market with content. I think it's kind of refreshing to see uh, artists like a 21 Savage and even Kendrick Lamar. I would lump him in there as well to uh, and even J. Cole. I'll put J. Cole in there to really give you a project and make you live with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, put out a couple features here and there outside of Kendrick Lamar. He don't really do features like that, but, but J Cole, of course he kills features. 21 Savage comes out, kills features and, and they make you live with, with the work that they put out. You know what I'm saying? And it's, mm-hmm. it's been very, it's been proven to be successful, man. Sometimes less is more. So um, I'm a, I'm a 21 Savage fan. So uh, I listened to the album. I think I just did a once over. It was pretty good. I'm halfway. Yeah, it's pretty good. One thing I'll say is 21 never picks a bad beat. You know, Shout out, Metro. That's, yeah, so that's that's half the battle, bro. It's just, you know, we've had some greats put out some some songs. It's like, what, what were you thinking? Uh, <laughs> you know, Nas, he's been kind of criticized throughout his career for his beat selection. Uh, what's crazy is kind of leading up to this episode, I was thinking about yeah. who, what rappers have just never put out a whack song. And I can say 21 and maybe Rick Ross, because I've heard wax songs from Jay-Z. Um, and, I, and Jay-Z's up there, top three in my opinion, maybe top two. But he's put out some some garbage, bro. And what's, what's your definition of a wax song? Ah, I knew you were going to say that. So he did a song. One's never put out a wax song? Never. Now, I'll say he put out songs that maybe I didn't really like jam like that. Mm-hmm. But to say it's just outright whack, I'll give you an example. Jay-Z did a song with... Um, Show me what Beyonce you called right. No, no, that's not that's not trash at all. Um, lights, camera, action, Hollywood. He did the song with Beyonce. It's like lights, action, 
Hollywood, Hollywood with uh, Beyonce singing the Hook Man song mm-hmm. was garbage. Like, what? I don't understand how they listen. They were sitting in the studio, like, yeah, this is it. Put it on the album. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's kind of what I. It mean. wasn't the best. It was Hollywood. bad. It was terrible. Go back and listen to it, and you're gonna be like, <laughs> no. damn, DC was right. Now, no, there's a lot of other songs you could have picked over that one that I think is not that good. I mean, I'm not gonna say that's my favorite track, but it right. sounds like a Beyonce track, to be honest with me. Yeah, featuring Jay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Revoke your beehive card, bro. That's (laughs) (laughs) Beyonce song. It's a Jay Z song. She's slanderous. She's a feature, so I can I can do that. There's a caveat there. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, I honestly, I can't, I can't, I can't say Twenty One did or didn't because I'm not a fan like that. I've listened to a couple songs, but I've never really just taken in a full album of 21. Um, This one is probably the first one, his solo album, even though he's had some some tracks in the past where I'm like, okay, that beat is nice, but I've never been like a 21 guy like that. Yeah. So I can't say he has or hasn't dropped the whack song, but just hearing the name, I'm like, man, it's hard to believe that he hasn't. Yeah. And again, when I say whack, I mean, like, you listen to it and you're like, you're cringing and you, you, you're like cracking the, the screen on your phone trying to hit the skip button. You know what I'm saying? Jeez. Like, that's kind of what I mean. <laughs> and so, you know, to that, <laughs> to that level. So like him, I would say Rick Ross. I've heard songs from Rick Ross that I didn't love, but I've just never heard a garbage song from Rick Ross. Um, I can't even say that about Drake, bro. I've heard garbage songs from Drake, you know? Yeah. But, um, it, it's tough to come out and just never put out like hot trash. I would also say Nipsey Hussle, but I, I, I'll admit I'm biased because everybody I've mentioned, mm-hmm. I'm big fans of. I'm a huge Nipsey so, Hussle fan, big Ross fan, big Twenty One Savage fan. So I don't know. So interesting right. thing. Um, what's his name now? Most Deaf is what I still call him. Whatever his name is now, I can't think of what his name is. Yazin Bay or something like that. Um, did y'all see that interview he did when he was somebody asked him about Drake doing yeah. hip hop? I saw that clip. Uh-huh. Interesting. Like that's an interesting, very interesting take. I we can get into it another day, but I was oh yeah. I was wondering. Uh he ain't wrong. He's not he wrong. Really that's what that's what I was gonna say. He's not wrong at all. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. We Drake is not a hundred percent hip hop. He's he's hip pop. You know what I mean? Like not true to form to the art but his crossover game is crazy like he's the he has the the double crossover on jordan because like people love him yeah and he just make he make classic hits a long string of classic hits yeah yeah his 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 when it's all said and done man his uh, when he starts getting those lifetime achievement awards and and he gets to the level where he maybe starts doing uh, versus battles, mm-hmm. it, it's gonna be it's gonna be insane, bro. Like the amount of hits that he has, bro. Like yeah, he he could tour, he could tour for years just off of his old catalog, like almost like a Mariah Carey, but I would say on a whole nother level. You know what I'm saying? So, so but he's definitely yeah. pop. He's he's hundred percent. He's Taylor Swift. He's he's the rap Taylor Swift. Ooh, okay. I like that. Yeah. Well, speaking speaking of artistry, we got an artiste that's gonna be joining us today, and um, she's gonna talk about what what that's like. 
being an artist, being critiqued, and making people look good. Cause you know, so I got I got somebody dope joining us, man. It's a young lady coming in, bringing in the new year with us. You know what I'm saying? She she an author as well, a survivor. And she'll talk about that. She also, like I said, ladies, you want to get your hair done, get it laid, get it sprayed, all that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she might even hook up the fellas. Who knows? I'm going to ask. But <laughs> y'all know I'm going to ask. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I got the homegirl, Giovanni Hatcher. Y'all might know her as Sewing on, on the social media platform, and she's killing it out there on Instagram, Facebook, all of that good stuff. And that's S-E-W-I-N. Giovanni, yep. what's happening? Happy hello, New Year. hello, hello. Happy New Year, everyone. How y'all doing today? What's going on, Giovanni? So before we jump in this, man, you know, we're gonna we gonna we're gonna ask you what hood you from. We're gonna ask you where you at, we're gonna ask you <laughs> what you do, we're gonna ask you why you do it. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I am from the west side of Detroit. Ooh. Right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's your that's your, that's your, that's your kind of people. You know, yeah. you know. Only side that matter. Yeah, no, West Side's the only side that matter. It is the only side that matter for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm originally from Detroit, but now I reside in Austin, Texas. I moved about a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, you know, I just wanted a better life for me and my kids, so. We made that big move, and um, I moved from Detroit with, I'm actually a hairstylist. I've been licensed for 13 years, and um, I moved with no clients, and I, a year and a half later, I have a full clientele, and I'm doing pretty well for myself. Talk your talk. Um, you know, I can't complain. It's that it's that, it's that that Detroit hustle spirit. Mm-hmm. Ain't know. nothing like it. <laughs> for sure. Why Austin? Um, I I chose Austin um, purposely with one. My sister was living here and she kept calling me like, yo, like they charging $200 for a silk press. I'm like, girl, you lying. Ain't nobody charging that much. Who's paying that? Because in Detroit, you know, you charge somebody $80 for a silk press. They have an attitude. So I went down there for a week and I was booked and she was right. And so I just paid attention to the demographics and understanding. Like when you talk business, you have to know who you're servicing, your demographics, and, mm-hmm. the, and everyone around you. And so in the Austin area, it's primarily um, white. And so the Black people that are here don't have any hairstylists here. They're trash. So they find <laughs> themselves driving from Austin to Houston, two and a half hours. And so I came in, you know, to kind of like stop people from traveling two and a half hours to get their hair done. And it's been working. So that's why I chose Austin. Okay. Mean, that's, that's that's fire like because i'm pretty much you pretty much a two-hour drive right you pretty much getting your hair done twice there and back right so you're paying <laughs> yeah, for gas right there and back and then you're getting your hair done Whew. yeah yeah it's a pretty penny but you know what people here in austin like it's a tech town and mm-hmm. so people here have money so it's not it's a lot of six figuring up people here so they don't mind you know paying the money but i, I could use that in my pocket so yeah, you about like, to get on that six-figure list too yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, I, I, I am on the six-figure list. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> Talk uh, your talk, sis. Me, me, me. Uh. I'm, I'm, all right, y'all. I'm, I'm gonna get off the call. I'm gonna let y'all just <laughs> with your money. Just check me. 
<laughs> so let, let me ask you this, like, because we 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 all know it. We all got cousins, aunties, everybody, right? You know, anybody can do here, right? They doing in the in the basement, in the bedroom, in the living room. Like, what what makes a hairstylist unique in the salon versus person at the crib? Or, uh, or is there a difference? You know, I used to think there was a difference. Uh, honestly, and being in the industry, I would talk junk about people that you know worked in the worked at their home. Like, oh, that's not a real stylist, and all this and mm-hmm. that. But honestly, it's about the experience that you give them. And what I've learned is that the clients don't care. Right. They don't care if you're under a bridge or, or in in the grocery store. They don't care. They just want the the finished product and what what you're giving them. And mm-hmm. so. I actually just moved back home um, from working in the salon. I mean, I was paying $1,000 a month, and that's a whole nother bill. That was just for the salon space itself. That didn't include products or anything like that. And so, you know, I was like, yo, like, I could really be saving that money at home. And so I decided to turn my living room into a whole salon space. So when you walk in, it looks like a salon. It doesn't look like I live there. And so I did that. And so now I'm saving that thousand dollars a month. And, um, and with my reaching my 2024 goal is opening a cosmetology school. Mm. So it's just like, yo, like, do I want to do this and try to impress people? Or do I want to go ahead and will that in and save some money somewhere so that I'm able to get the down payment I need to achieve the, my long-term goals? You mentioned moving to Austin to create better opportunity for your children and whatnot for, for as far as having a home business, do you ever feel, I guess, any safety concerns, you know, having like strangers in and out the house and whatnot? Um, never. And you know what? I don't know. It's one of them things where I'm covered. I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. You hear Mm. me? Like he got me. So I, I never had to worry. And you know what? I've never had an issue. I've been doing this for 13 years. The women that I, I do not service men, and that's um, one of the okay. reasons of that. And so um, all of my clients are wonderful. I have no issue. I have no issue. And, you know, I just feel like, yo, I'm covered. And I just, I move forward. Like, I don't believe in moving in fear. And, you know, if someone does make me feel uncomfortable, I, that I won't service them. But mm-hmm. I haven't had an issue. Okay. Okay. That's what's up. That's hey, and being, being from Detroit, I know she got a certain instinct, so she'll be able to read them out. I got confidence. Oh, yeah. I don't even know her. Not know I got confidence <laughs> in that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, and, and as I talk again about demographics, you know, I'm not in the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the women that are and, and it's all about marketing, too. Where are you marketing your business? It depends. What type of groups are you in? Like mm-hmm. that is going to sure. determine who you pull. So, you know, I'm marketing in a group for business women. So it's those are the type of women that I get. And yeah, so I never had an issue. Mm. That's what's up. Have you have you been asked? Because I mean you you in a nice community, nice area, nice region, right? Have you had anybody like, mm-hmm. yo, I need I, I gotta go on this business trip. I need you to come with me. Um, no, no, you know, something funny that that is an area that I used to, when I first graduated from cosmetology school, mm-hmm. I used to want to travel and be a, um, a traveling stylist, but, um, you have to really be, I think that that's better for someone who is single and don't have any kids, no relationships, you know, that's something that you will have to, um, fully dedicate your life to. Mm-hmm. And that's something that like, I me the type of person I am, like, I like my alone time and I'm not my to be under nobody, but all day talking about, can I do your hair? Like, I would rather my clients come to me. 
So no no man units, T. Damn, right, yeah, bro. I was gonna ask you, you ain't, you ain't doing the man unit. You can you can't hook him up with the Steve Harvey. She got <laughs> Cat was wrong, wasn't he? <laughs> no, but um, um, when I first moved here, um, I was working in a extension salon, which means they uh, specialize in hair units and stuff like that. And you know what? You would be shocked. I was shocked. I was like, like, dang, like y'all coming in here more than the women. And, you know, she had it more <laughs> private for me. So, you know, you, they wouldn't look up. They would kind of just hurry up and look past everybody and walk to the back. <laughs> you know, like they, <laughs> they about to get that unit. But no, um, no, no, I, I don't really think, I don't see it in our community a lot, but I do see like a lot of um, European and, and um, Indian men. Hmm. To use, but it's a good it's a good age she was charging like eight nine hundred dollars a person so Ooh, and then they come back every four weeks Ooh, bro. no i'm good i need to uh invest How much in that product they come in like yeah so they come in well okay so the initial buy you have to buy the piece and okay. then you have to pay for the install Mm. So the piece lasts like four or five times. So you don't have to buy the piece every time. So each touch up maybe like two something, two fifty or something. Yeah, yeah it's still steel though. So you know, I, I I see you on IG and whatnot, and sometimes you probably everybody's well aware. There's like a constant battle of the sexes online. You know, somebody posts something. You know, this is why you can't deal with. Black women. This is why you can't deal with black men. And then there's like ten thousand comments of everybody like biting each other's heads off. What well, What do you say? What do you say to the to the men out there uh, that that say, "Oh, the, the sisters can't keep it real. They, you know, they they got the whose hair is that in their head and this, that, and the third. You know, we we've heard it all before. Well, what what you gotta say to them, Javonne? Um. Well, I feel like. Um, any man that is like that over a woman in which she wears, I feel like that's the personal insecurity within themselves. Mm. Um, because I feel like a man should, if you feel someone, if you're dating someone that you should be able to see um, beyond that, maybe that's something that she's doing for herself, for her own self-esteem to make herself feel better, you know? And I used to be one to be like, well, that's somebody that will have low self-esteem. That's not always true. In some cases, yes, but in some cases they do it because that's just what they like to do. I don't think that there's any wrong, anything wrong with a woman wanting to look good and feel good and have, listen, everybody is different. Like say for instance, me, myself, I'm a natural girl. Like I just got my hair a lot. I don't wear a lot of makeup. Like maybe when I go out or something like that, I don't wear nails. I don't do the whole eyelash thing. I feel like I have natural beauty. I don't need to do that. That's just who I am as a person. Now there are some men that like women that's like that. Right. But my sister, she's complete polar opposite. She got her nails done. She go to get her eyelashes done every four weeks. Her eyebrows is, you know, hooked up. You know, she comes to me to get her hair done often. Like this is someone who invests thousands of dollars into herself because that's what make her feel good. Me, I'm going to go to yoga. I may hit the gym. I may do something else. That's just not my thing. But I just feel like it's a personal opinion. And I feel like it's important mm -hmm. for everybody to really just focus on themselves. I feel like if you really just hone in and think, I don't, I'm not a person that point fingers. I don't be like, men need to do this. Men, uh, everybody should like what they like. And if you, and if you're looking that hard into someone, then you probably should look within. That's what I think. Ooh, bars. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, um, I don't, I don't really see no problem with it. Um, I mean, hell, I can't say anything that you didn't already say. I think that was. She <laughs> yeah. did. Mm-hmm. He did. Hey, gentlemen, let me ask you this. Because once, shout out to a lot of stylists, man. Because y'all on y'all feet like a lot. Yes. Oh, like I can crazy. Talk about this. So like, yeah. but like, so like, what got your passion? And like, yo, this is what I want to do. Like, what got your interest? Um, I really think that's, you know how like some people are just born to do things like, mm-hmm. and I think that like, no, not some people. I think that everybody that's put into this earth is, has something special within them. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's up to you to just understand what that is and go after that one thing. Right. right. For me, it's always been hair. I I remember being five and six playing with Barbie dolls and the Barbies was naked, but their hair was laid. I didn't care to dress them, <laughs> but I was like, I was like making sure their hair was whipped up. You know what I'm saying? So my grandfather actually um would let me, he had a big afro and he would let me like plant his hair and like he would wake up and he'd have a head full of barrettes and bows, bobos in his head. Like, do I look pretty in it? I feel like he kind of inspired me to keep pushing. And then, like, my aunt okay. was a hairdresser. And so she, you know, when you talk about, you know, in the 90s, there really wasn't a lot of salons. More people did hair out of their basement. And so mm-hmm. my grandfather made her, he hooked her up this basement salon. And I would see, you know, all these women going in and out the salon, all this laughing and laughter and having fun in the basement. And so I would go down there. I'm like, I want to see what this is all about. And they're down there having a good time. They're socializing. And before you know it, I became my aunt's shampoo girl. And I started I started from there. And then I started doing hair in school. I mean, I was doing my teachers here after school. I started Damn. by breaking. And then I went into high school. And I was doing fashion shows and, and, and hair shows and doing all of this and that. And so it's just something that's just kind of following my whole life. And so now going to where I am, I now understand that. God really wants me to create a different lane for the hair industry that is dedicated to uh, future black cosmetologists because we're missing a lot of stuff. Damn, that's, that's dope. So, like, would you like, hey, Miss Jones, like, I need you to, like, give me an A on this test because I know you need your hair done this week. Um, no, I was like, um, I remember this lady name is Kay, and I always been like a BC student. I never been one to, like, I knew I could, but that just, I never felt, I always thought outside of the box. I never felt that the school systems were something that, you know, that could take me a long way anyway. So I always kind of like BS the school. But she would see me do my hair because I was doing my hair. And she'd be like, hey, where's your hair? I'd be like, I did. You need me to, you know, look you <laughs> So, you know, um, I would stay after school. And, and it was really good for me because I had a really hard childhood. And so that was like my escape. And so that that was my excuse to be able to, you know, stay away from home um, longer than what I had. I mean, you know, would normally have had to. For sure. Shout out to you. Shout out to your old granddad. Sound like that's where I kind of started. You know, shout out to the OG, shout out to the aunt and everything. And now you you hear where you are. Like you you said you you had a hard childhood and hard things, you know, hard coming up. Um, you faced some trials and tribulations. Like I said, you were a survivor, and I would love it for you to share your story. You know, in my time when I when I crossed paths with you, um, yeah, she did have the natural hair. She had like the little fro and everything, man. Like we used to, like she she know the homie Dane, um, Rod in DC for for preference. So like we used to call her like Penny from Good Times because she had like the fro and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um, but like 
you 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 went through some stuff, you know, these past few years, man. And 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 I'm glad you still here. You know what I'm saying? You a survivor, you an OG in my book. Yeah, sure. Like share share your story, you know, because I, I know this is gonna inspire some other people if you don't mind, you know, yeah, what you've been through and, and where you I'm, are today. Yeah, um, I'm like I'm really like an open book, so I don't mind. I really feel that, you know, sometimes, you know, some people have an easier life than others, and I feel like um everything that we go through is in purpose and it's up to us to use it to make it to help others or, you know, we can bask in the things that we've been through in life. And mm-hmm. I'm just not that type of person. And so, um, you know, outside of everything that I've been through in my life, um, I've had a, like a, a very difficult childhood. Like I said, I was adopted and um, my parents were both drug addicts and, you know, I was adopted into an abusive home. And and there, like I, I held a lot of anger in that, and I, I really feel like going through what I went through during COVID really changed my life, and that's cancer. I went through, um, I was diagnosed um, December 2019, so basically 2020 with stomach cancer when COVID hit, and it, I felt like it was something that was going to kill me, but it, it did. A part of me did die, and I feel like the a lot of the bad things in me that I felt like I was holding on to died, and I was able to release that. And I realized like, wow, like I was living my life holding on to these things and not realizing like, yo, I'm still here. I'm still living. I can heal from that and move on. And so that's what I've done. And that's part of the reason why I left Detroit too, because I'm like, yo, God gave me another chance, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm more so focusing on the things that he wants me to do instead of the things that happened to me. And so I survived. I've been in remission for three years now. And it's not easy. It's not easy because, you know, no one talks about being a survivor as well. But, you know, I'm still here and I make the most out of it. Yeah. Hmm. Shout out to you again, for sure. Like, that's a way that's what you said. It kind of is a cool way of looking at it. Right. Because I think we all hold as, as human beings. Right. We hold like a little negative energy or whatever the case may be. Um, people can say, you know, people may say, oh, someone's attitude is cancerous or, or and, and mm-hmm. not to make light of cancer, but it's, it's the way you no, look at it. Right. The way you mm-hmm. looked at it said, there's something that's part of me, man, like could be the reason why, like you said, your, your steps was ordered to go through this yeah. and to get rid of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, we're going to get rid of it. Well, you know, I realize that a lot in life, like we put upon ourselves, right? And that, and when, and when it's, it's like, we, we take it so lightly but when they say stress kills, stress kills. People be like, oh, okay, yeah, I know, but let me go ahead over here and stress someone. And it's like, that's really true. Stress kills. I remember before I was diagnosed with this, uh, diagnosed with cancer, I would hold so much anger in my stomach. Like just seeing my uh, adopted mother, just seeing the people that have done, I would literally be like, I can't stand it. Like, and I would be like that, like all day, every day. Couldn't nobody say nothing to me. I was always angry. I would get into it with everybody. I was ready to fight. Like, yo, that'll make anybody sick. And so, you know, I have since then released that. And it cancer really saved my life because I really don't feel like I would be where I am today if it wasn't for the things that I went through. And now I can look at other people and I'll be like, yo, you need to let that go. Like, it ain't worth your health. So, you know, I don't regret it. I don't take it back. That's 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 dope. Like for for any young lady or young man too, in regards, because 
that may be feeling down going through it right and may not want to put that effort into trying because that's where it comes from and we we talked about that right before you got on right a lot of kids these days feel like it's either my way and if it ain't my way then whatever right on that entitlement the social media i gotta get all the likes and the hearts and all of that but what do you tell somebody who ain't getting all them likes and them hearts and them follows man listen if I went by hearts and likes, I, you wouldn't think that I wouldn't have a full clientele. That don't mean nothing. And mm. it goes to show you that people are watching you. That don't mean that they ain't paying attention. They, mm. they, they're paying attention. Uh, when I post my stuff, I don't worry about likes. I look at them views, though. Because <laughs> you ain't got to like it. But I'm going to see how many people seeing it. Because you look at the views and you'll see, like, all right. 15 people like it, but 145 people viewed it. So I may get out of them 145 people, I may get three people that may click on that button and hit my thing to my uh, link to my website. You know, so it's just, it's more so that then, but it's, to me, it's more about um, educating yourself and how this, how this works. But uh, this, this generation, they want everything fast. They, they in a hurry to get nowhere fast. Mm. And so, you know, it's like I have been doing this for 13 years, right? I've been in my industry for 13 years. I'm just at a point where I'm hitting six figures. So when a stylist come on social media and be like, I can teach you how to be a millionaire, scam. <laughs> guess what? They scamming you because you signing up and 150,000 people is signing up. Guess what? They making money off of lying to you and telling you what you can do. Yeah. Now they done make a million dollars and you just sitting there like, oh, well, she said I got to do this, this and that. And then half of them people don't even want, want to take accountability of actually getting up to do the steps. Right. Oh, it's actually work. Oh, I actually got to do something. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now she done made $150,000 off of y'all to tell y'all something that she made one video off of and y'all paying for this one video. Like it's just, it's all... It's all marketing. Let me tell you something, I, and I talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. The best marketer wins, period. Mm-hmm. It, it don't have to be good. It ain't got to be great. It ain't got to be. I was t- talking to my sisters about those um, bath and body work candles. I'm a candle. <laughs> oh, I'm a candle girl. I'm a candle girl, and I'm like, yo, you know them candles trash, right? Like, I go to Walmart and I buy Better Homes candle. It'll last me for two weeks straight. I can light it for 24 hours and don't light it out. That Bath and Body Work candle may last for four days. and But everybody is lying. Look at them Stanley Cups. It's all about marketing. Do you hear me? Mm, the Stanley the Cups marketing. out here. So it's just like everything is about the fad and what's in and what's out and learning how to uh, go in and out the way. But at the end of the day, it's nothing. It's nothing is born overnight. Nothing is overnight. So I would say to the people, what I missed out a lot of my 20s is like feeling like I was in a rush. Oh, I got to do because social media, right? It make you feel like by the age of this, this and this, everybody got to drive this kind of car. If you ain't doing this, you this and you ain't doing this, you that. And you miss out on a journey of things. And it's just like, that's the thing I would I would take back. Like, take a deep breath. Damn, smell the air. Are you breathing? You know, are you really living this life? Because it's mm-hmm. so much to learn in between. Mm-hmm. That's what I would tell them. Slow down. Slow down. Because at the end of the day, when you go fast, you crash. That's facts. Yeah. Bars. You, you meant to rhyme that? No. <laughs> but I, 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 I'm good. With my, I'm an author. Come on now. I'm an author. Mm-hmm. Talk your talk. 
Tokyo Talk. I'm actually writing my cosmetology book for my school right now, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, that was up, man. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, you dropping some some jewels here, man. So, Giovanni, let me ask you this: you you, you single, married? What's going on? I am currently single. I've been single for uh, going on five years. Okay. I'm single. Well, two, three of the years, you know, I was going through cancer, so I really wasn't trying to date then. But mm. then now and um, going through that, and then you have to heal from those things. And now it's just like I've done a lot of self-work, and I realized I'm like, it's so hard to find someone who has done self-work too, you know? It's like, oh, we you still got mama issues. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded that sounded like that sounded like uh personal. <laughs> like, like something just happened to you recently. No, 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 no. It's never personal. I don't I don't have attachment <laughs> issues, and I feel like what's for me is for me. So mm-hmm. hey, I welcome what's for me and I let go of what's not. So oh, so two so, two questions. Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. Uh, no, I just was gonna ask, like, what's your motivation through all of this? Because obviously. One, it's not easy to pack up, leave where you're from, and go start sort of a new life over, right? In a new area, new place. Um, And not alone, not that alone, you also went through a pretty traumatic situation that, unfortunately, a lot of people don't come out of, right? Like cancer is one of the number one killers in America outside of uh, heart disease, so... Like, what was your motivation to, one, push through the pain, and two, to say, you know what, it's, it's definitely going to be beneficial for me to find a new area. I know your sister let you know about the money, but it, money is not 100% right. of the driver, right? Right. Oh, okay. So now you want to get deep. Okay. Here. So- <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... As I told you guys before that, like, I was adopted and me and my, me and my adopted mom, we, we really haven't had, our relationship has been rocky since she adopted, you know, me and three of my other siblings and my mom, she was like very abusive, you know, uh, it was, it was bad. Like CPS had been called and all of these things, like she was breaking my bones. Okay. Mm. Like she was, she was, she was terrible, but and all in this time, I'm still, even though she was doing all of these abusive things, I was still chasing her because I wanted my mom to love me, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted her to see me as a human being and as her daughter. And um, so when I found out I was sick, my mom and my my doctor dad was like, all right, you know, you should, you should come home. We're going to take care of you because at that time, like, I ain't had nowhere to go. I had just broken up with my boy. My boyfriend uh, at the time broke up with me um, and I didn't have anywhere to go. Like we was living together and um, that relationship, I was used to abuse, you know, so that relationship was abusive. And I finally, you know, left and I found out I was sick and my parents was like, all right, you can come home. We're going to take care of you. And I was like, the little girl in me was so excited, even though here I am sick with cancer. I was like, I was like, I'm so excited because if I die, at least I can die with the love that I have been looking for all of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I'm dying. This is what I'm thinking at this time. Yo, I'm dying. But I know for sure my mama going to come through this time. Like, this is going to be the thing that she's she going to make sure I'm good. Mm-hmm. She did mm-hmm. not come through. She it, and so I realized now that it was just a tactic for her to show me I'm still in control. Mm. Yeah, I was not taken care of. She did not 
give me a, I'm on chemotherapy. You know, I, I'm not getting out the bed for three or four days. I can't go to the kitchen to cook myself to eat. She didn't get, help me get out of bed. She didn't help me shower. She didn't help me get dressed. She didn't cook for me. She didn't clean for me. She didn't, it was just like, there is a bed and bitch, you can lay there and die for all I care. And so in that moment, I realized like, yo, it's me and God. Mm-hmm. And that's where I really found my inner strength to say, it is nobody's responsibility to love you like how you got to love you. Because if your own mama can't do it, mm-hmm. what, where do you, you, it, it gave me no other choice. And so I really, in that moment, in those hard moments, I found my relationship in God. And then I made him a promise and I told him, I said, if I make it through this, I promise that I'll live my life for me. Mm. You know, and so I had my surgery. Listen, they told me uh, you have to heal. Eight weeks is healing time. And six weeks, I packed my shit. I still had staples Mm -hmm. in my stomach. I packed my stuff and I was out. You know, I have moved into my own place because I'm like, yo, I'm not being taken care of anywhere. I might as well you know, be in my own space. And mm-hmm. after that, I got myself together. I started back working. I got back well. And then um, a year later, I moved. Mm. That's for you. And that's a testimony right there. That, ain't, ain't it? Say it. Ain't it? Oh, that's man. not even a terrible part is that once I moved, <laughs> my parents was like, yo, we'll, <clears throat> my, uh, we'll keep Hassani, my son. We'll keep him mm-hmm. until he gets out of school because I moved I moved like three months before school was out. So I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, once I move, he's going to finish school and I'm going to get him. Now, his dad wasn't really in his life like that. So Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking nothing of it because here I am. I've been a single mom for seven years. So I'm like, yo, I take him to his doctor's appointments. I take him to school. I pick him up. I feed him. I clothe him. I do everything. So I'm not thinking nothing of it. Next thing you know, I get a call from the the state of uh, the the for the children, you know, state of the court for the mm-hmm. kids. Child support, they like, oh well, you can't take him. Like mm-hmm. if you take him, that's illegal. And so mm-hmm. he didn't file this thing at the court so that I couldn't take my son, who's been with me his whole life. Wow. And so instead of instead of him, but the, here's the kick: he didn't keep him. My parents did. Mm-hmm. So I realized that was another tactic for them to now get cool with him. So that he can file this thing and now they have him. So I had to hire a lawyer. Now I'm down here in Texas by myself, Mm -hmm. hustling, trying to get my son down here. My baby crying to me every day. I had to hire a lawyer to get my baby back down here. And we had to go to court and all of that stuff. So it was just like, wow, 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 wow. But, you know, all in all, it's given me the strength. And now I um, finally have have gotten the strength to stop communicating with, you know, my adopted mother. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just taking the necessary steps to really move on with my life. For sure. That's what's up. Don't don't come to Giovanni talking about you can't try. You ain't got it <laughs> in you because she ain't trying to hear that. She can tell oh, you, I'm get not up an excuse type of pri- Exactly. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't believe in excuses. Obviously, right there. Whew. Yeah, you, That's man, because I was going to say that, that anybody like like to rob points, try to come back and slow you down, or did anybody even try to come back and want to be in your life? And like, as you get through that, you're like, Oh man, you made it. Okay, Sue, hey, what's going on? I'm sorry for what I did. Won't go out. Like, as, as- um, 
Honestly, I haven't given them people access. Ooh, bars. So if they did try, I mean, they can try. It's, it's nothing wrong with trying. You can try. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, I I'm trying to do a whole lot of stuff. So, so, so speaking of trying, because you did go deep. Right, she, yeah. Rod, she wasn't playing, right? She did go deep. So we we gonna come up. We gonna come up for air a little bit. <laughs> so you 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 originally said you were single, and me you and I talked about this because I know you said you had some stuff to say. So we are gonna get into yeah. it. Okay. So you in the six figure part because you definitely check me on that. So let's <laughs> say so you meet a guy. And I'm I'm proud. And I'm not gonna say that I, I just hit and this is why I would tell all yeah. my younger people, I just hit six figures. Congratulations. You know what I'm saying? So I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that yeah. because if, if anybody know how hard it is to hustle six figures, I'm talking no, I'm not punching the clock. I'm not on the streets, ask nobody. I'm not selling my like I'm legit six figure money, and that it's hard and it's a hustle. But yes, yeah, so yeah. congrats to me. <laughs> congrats, all oh, day. So you. so let's say um, your clientele, right? So a young lady, right? Maybe a daughter, and like the dad may drop her off, and he's like, all right, I'm gonna go to the gym, go hoop. We do my daughter here, but after a while, he kind of peeping you. He won't take you out. I'm a, we're gonna start with this first because you probably seen that list all over the internet. <laughs> take you out on a date. So can he take you to the Cheesecake Factory, Applebee's, Chipotle, Olive Garden? You know, yes. Ice cream. Yes, um, oh, you cool with that? Because you, I, you know, you know that you can't do that on the first day. Is what this little survey is saying. Well, do I don't like know about them. Them women gonna be single for a long time because first of all, it's just the first day. I don't even know. <laughs> If we're compatible, I don't even know if I like you. You may have some teeth missing. I don't even know. Like, what we gotta go? What we gotta go in deep for? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that it's just like people just be wanting to rush into things, and and I think that it's just like women be having this fantasy. Like, get out of that fantasy life. Like, that's not that's not real. And the people, most of the women that are like that, don't have no money. If they thinking like that, most of women like that, they don't got nothing. Mm. Yeah. So can't go. So you because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I feel like if you're feeling someone, okay. So then, what is your motive to me? Mm-hmm. What is your motive? If if I gotta take you to a five star and spend three hundred and fifty dollars on you on the first date, if that's something that I want to do as a man, a person that's a man, if that's something that he wants to do, fine. But I don't think that that's. I don't think that it's necessary. It's it's supposed to be light and fun. You know, like, I don't know. I feel like if I'm feeling you, we can go to the park as a date. Like, we ain't got to spend zero dollars. Mm, that's cool. on that list. I think that's on the list, too. It is. It can't go yeah. to the park. Yeah. No park. Yeah. No, I agree. I think. Um, I, don't... I guess you wish you ain't got no food in your refrigerator. Like, what's up? <laughs> it did say like, the crib, too. You can, you can do a dinner at the crib if it said that. Right. Too. That's what I'm saying. But she acting like she hungry and she ain't got no food in her refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> What you was about to say, DC? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you know, the more I think about that list and reflect on it, I, I feel like it's like one of two things. Uh, mm-hmm. One, I'm convinced that a woman did not make that list. Uh, it's true. I, I believe that. that a troll list. Yeah, I believe it was a troll. But, but two, I would say if a woman did agree with that list, I, I kind of look at it as a lame tax, like. If a woman is complaining about one of those 25 things, she's probably just not into you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, I, mm-hmm. I don't really want to go on this date with you. I'm not feeling you. I'm not going to tell you no. 
but I'm going to make you pay for it. I'm going to make you pay to, to take me out because I don't really want to be out here anyway. Because I mean, I, point, I, I, I think we've done that. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for being honest about that. I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, look, you, I'm not really into you. I'm Javonne. I'm not really into you like that, but I'm going to let you <laughs> trick off your money and if you want to. So right. come take me to this little spot, not Cheesecake Factory, because I don't want to be here anyway. You know, take me to this to this Michelin star restaurant so I can so I can tell my friends about it later. And, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Who told you that? Like, well, you, got, you, you must got some sisters, some, some, some female friends. <laughs> Somebody in your ear for sure. <laughs> watch tell my friends about it. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, but so, you, know, you know who that list, though, reminds me of? Yeah. It, it reminds me of, you know, and this is my former life, but it reminds me of, uh, you know, those those places that you go and you might see a, a girl naked or two in there. You know what I mean? Like, I think they call them strip clubs. I don't know. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen bars. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So that's like you used to see D-boys tricking off money like that. You know what I mean? D-boys would trick off to the strippers just to, you know, they'd jump off and then keep moving. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. that's what that reminds me of is that if you are asking for these type of things. Right. I don't think you're used to those type of things. You just want to have it because you've seen or heard uh, one of your stripper friends that in, went out on one of these dates. Mm. Yeah. Oh, right there. Okay. Yeah. So, let's, let's, and then, I mean, that, and then, you yeah. know, if, if you, if you are carrying yourself as such as a young lady, then don't be, don't be surprised when you're treated as such because a lot of men mm -hmm. that have that kind of money, they will treat you like uh, replaceable, like you're recyclable. Mm -hmm. And so if anybody that has been in that instance of where I have dated men with money like that, and it's it's very, it could be very degrading. So really be careful what you ask for. hundred percent. So yeah. now that you've, you've, you've found uh, this, this massive success in cosmetology and whatnot, um, you know, you've, you've really entered, I would say the top probably 8%. Um, of of earners um, among women, do you feel like that has kind of made it challenging on on the dating scene? Uh, and the reason I ask is I, I preface it with um, I know a number of, of very successful women. I, you know, financially speaking, my cousin and some close friends, and um, and for those who are single, I hear a common thread that you know it's, it can be tough to find find somebody when they reach a certain uh i guess the upper echelon you know amongst mm -hmm. the top earners have you had a similar experience or um yes actually i have and i think that i think that it plays a multitude of things i think that for one um as a woman as you get older um i'm third i just turned 34 um a lot of men in our age range they like younger and that's okay. Like I don't, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think that everybody has a preference. But um, yeah, I it's it's definitely been a challenge for me. But I'm not even going to say more so of the money part. I think that I think that it's more so mindset for me, right? If I'm talking to you, you like, yeah, you know, I work for UPS, and nothing wrong with working for UPS, and you like, yeah, but I'm I'm cool. Like I'm happy with where I'm at. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work for me. You know what I'm saying? Because now I'm going to be doing all this. And now I'm going to be doing, I don't, I, I don't want anyone that 
it's not, we're not on the same page. Being equally yoked is very important, right? And by equally yoked, I don't mean that I'm saying a man got to do this, 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 but I'm only making $30,000 a year. By equally yoked, I mean, I'm taking care of myself. I do for myself. The things that I do, everything that you're giving me is going to be extra. You take care of yourself. We do. And then whatever we put together, it, it, it's more. But mm-hmm. I'm not. It's been more difficult for me to find someone who has that drive, that hustle, because, you know, if you're and listen, it's OK. to If you're a stagnant type of person, then you should probably date a stagnant type of person. If you're a hustler and you're a go-getter and you like to go get it, you probably should date somebody who a hustler and like to go get it. Because if you're talking to your partner, it's going to sound like you bragging all damn day long. They're going to be like, what this girl? Shut up. About because they don't understand your mindset. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to just know who you're dating. So, yeah, it's been more difficult. It is more difficult to find that. Mm. I, I, that that's, a, that's an interesting take. I, see, it's funny because uh, I was going to present the idea of you know if if they it sounds like you're a go-getter just listen i've just been absorbing everything you've been saying over the last you know 45 minutes or so and you talk like a go-getter i mean you you and i i think we speak the same language you know what i'm saying um because I'm, sure. I'm very much you know get up and go no excuses yeah life is tough so what like at the end of the right. day you know we we all got to go we got to hit and um i, I kind of feel like opposites attract meaning um I don't think that I'm I'm married, you know, for going on nine years. Uh, but yeah. I don't I don't think that I could deal with somebody like me, if that makes sense. <laughs> Hell no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I, I you know, the I, I think I need somebody like okay. I'm very intense and I need somebody who's a little warmer. No, 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 no. No, because we're talking about something complete. I'm talking about on a spectrum of mindset. Now I'm still a soft listen. I can't date anyone who is going to talk all day, going to do all this, but still he's more calm than I am. That doesn't make him not a Mm go-getter. You're talking about the things that, as far as um, your likes and your dislikes and the things that, you know, will probably make, yes, that's cool. I'm talking about as far as building, as far as uh, creating wealth for your family or generational wealth. And stuff like that. As far as when it comes to relationship and love languages and stuff like that, yes, I do feel like opposites can attract. But me as a woman, right? And I, if I make, it'll be it's fine as a woman, right? Now, now say as a man, like say you make a um, hundred thousand dollars a year, right? And you got this woman who is making like twenty five or thirty thousand, but and, and you may not. You may feel like that's okay, but she lazy as hell. You you mm. gonna probably get tired of that after so long. You are gonna be like, what's wrong with you? Like, where your mindset? You not doing the things that I need you to do, like around the house. So in in those sense, like I guess you could say it's kind of like give and take and depending. And everybody is different. For me, I have to have someone who is a go getter, but not crazy like how I am. You're totally right. Like because I am an intense person. We both intense. We gonna blow the roof off this month. We can't both be intense, but I still need for you to go take care of business as a man, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And I think most men, though, come most men, men we're talking about, not boys, not some of these other dudes that be out here. But like as a man, you got that competitive nature, not that you should compete with your your spouse or the person that you love. 
but you also want to make things happen, right? You want to be like, okay, I'm a protector, I'm a provider. And if she doing all this, nah, I got to figure out something <laughs> that. Like, if she making more money than me, okay, well, I'm going I'm to have to dick her down better or something. <laughs> 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 Come with something. Perfect. I gotta do something better. That's 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 better. Right. Something. You already know the three yeah, P's. Man. The three P's, yeah. What's the, what, yeah, what's that? What's the three P's, DC? Let's I don't know. Put Ravani on, on, on the three P's. Three P's. Put on the three P's. Oh, yeah. You know, no. as a man, you know, we, we push and pee. We got three P's we must provide. We got to provide, protect, and penetrate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I'm looking for listen. So look, it sounds simple, but them them, them PPPs, them PPPs, yeah. mm-hmm. them three P's, it's hard to find. Maybe it's because of where I am now. It's not a it's not a lot of black <laughs> men here either. So you know, like I'm look them three P it sounds simple, but it's not. Well, it's not. You're right, because you gotta understand the first P is provide. Well, you know, it sounds like you're able to provide for yourself, right? So mm-hmm. to find a man, yeah. if you're looking for a man to provide, you know, so I don't know exactly what you're looking for, but if you're looking for a man to provide, you know, there's not many men that's making six figures. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just the system. And then if you want to date within the culture, you know what I'm saying? Then, the, then that pool gets <laughs> even smaller. You know, there's very, very few black men that's that's pulling in and six just, figures. So but when you're looking for that first P, that might be... You know what I'm saying? You almost, it, it's funny. So I talked to a cousin. I, this is where I was going with it. My, I, I talk, I've been speaking to my cousin about this for some years. And she she told me about her dating experiences in Dallas, actually. And okay. um, and and she's a very successful six-figure woman uh, and has been for some time. Um, and her thing is, you know, finding um, a, a man, a, a traditional base, a traditional man, basically. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know, the, the challenge is a traditional man generally doesn't go for go-getter women. You know what I'm saying? And, uh-huh. and I, so I was telling her, I was like, you know, you might not want to hear this, but you might need to get you a beta man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, because you already got of those three P's, you know, you got two, one of them already on deck. You know what I'm saying? Provide. You can provide yeah. for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Now, protection and, you know, the penetration, you know, that's something that a man can definitely provide. But uh, I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? You know what I'm saying? As far as, you know, being a woman I, at a certain <clears throat> status and, you know, can you still find that man? Because yeah, I tell you, a man who's making six figures, a lot of times he's not the, looking just, for another woman who's... Well, just be before, not to cut you up, but before we let her answer, just know, like, six figures don't mean you can provide, bro. Like, you can be under six figures, but if, I, if I'm making 70, 75... My house is paid, no car notes, I ain't got no debt, bro. That's all profit. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So you can Bar. provide with yeah. lesser hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Most people that's making six figures. Okay, that's true. But how yeah. often do you see that in this day? Well, because the world costs so much right now, it's hard. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but it is out there. It is out yeah. there. <laughs> but what's can the you thing send them my way? Send them my way. Hey, I got you. I got yeah, you. Okay, please. <laughs> um, hey, they're they, they gonna listen to this show. Okay. Do my DOD and I was good. I live in uh such and such Texas. All right, all right, all right. Hey, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Hey, we gonna we gonna drop your um, app. A, right, please do. Um, it being a six figure woman, and you're right. You're so right about that. Um, because um, most men 
does they want to feel like I mean they want to be the head they want to be the head of the household and you know like that's a manly thing that's that's mm-hmm. that's kind of how you're defined you know what I'm saying by what you can do unfortunately for a woman and um it's been very difficult and I have grown with being okay with it because I can't help that I have a drive that I have and right. I don't think that it's fair for me to have to Say, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna have to work as, I'm not gonna work as hard so that I could find, I'm not gonna do that because at the end of the day, I still need to provide for my son and I still want the things that I wanna have. So it's not like I'm doing this because I'm, I'm this way because I've had to be. You understand? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, hey, this is just, this is just a part of who I am. And I have grown accustomed. Like I, I'm in love with myself. I'm comfortable in my skin. And so if it happens, it does. And if it's not, hey, I'm okay with that too. So it's just like, yo, I pray that I do because I don't want to go through life by myself. Right. But uh I don't want to have to step down onto what my belief is because honestly this is just the beginning for me right you know and so like six figures is nothing like my goal is to have money for my grandkids so there we go if it's if it's it's for me to be that one for my family and i have to sacrifice to be the one to not be um married or whatever whatever because i i i took on the challenge of uh creating generational wealth and breaking generational curses, then so be it. Mm. I'm okay with it. Okay. I like that. I like that I answer. I hear that, man. And so that's a dope answer, man. And so, again, me and Giovanni, we, we chopped it up over the phone a few times before uh, able to get her on the episode. Because we tried, you know, I was trying to get her on, on here last year. Yeah. We was trying to chase yeah. her down. Yeah. Um, and, of course, like, like I said, she was moving and shaking, had a lot of things going on. But I know she was like, oh, I got something to say. Because she's seen that video. That's been circulating with that young lady talking about a high value woman versus a high value man. And if a man making seventy thousand dollars, you are not a high value man. Um, and so she saw that video. Um, Giovanni, I, I know you said you want <laughs> you had something to say about that. You wanted to talk on talk on that. What what was your take when you saw that video about that young lady speaking on like if you making seventy thousand dollars? You got a job at Burger King or you got a, a another second job working here and there and you work for the city. Hey, if you're a fireman, like, you you're not a high level man. Like what what's or high value man, excuse me. Like what's your take on that? Um, I think value is I don't think that it's any else's anybody else's job to place on what your value is in yourself. If that that man wants to do that, that's fine. But my thing is this. I know some people that worked at worked at Burger King and started off as a cashier and owned Burger Kings. I know some people that it just it depends on what type of stuff, what type of talk. See, at the end of the day, I know my job as a woman, too. And our job as a woman is to speak existence to the men that we are with. So it's like if you if you coming in into this thing and, and, and not showing the value to this man, then he not going to be nothing. Let me tell you something. I used to talk down on my son father all the time it didn't work you know i was mad at him he wasn't doing and i would just say stuff to him like you ain't you just like your daddy you blah blah blah, blah. you ain't and guess what he's become he's become that mm. and it's mm-hmm. just like damn like the power of my tongue yeah yeah right mm-hmm. and so if i'm saying it and his mama saying it and his grandma saying it and his it and you wonder why he can't keep a job 
Well, shit, he's struggling with the things that has been told to him over and over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, and it's just not fair to our men. I feel like, you know, I feel like we don't look at men as human beings in our society. It's like, well, you know, they still have feelings and still have emotions. So I feel like if a man is making 70000 and I'm making seventy, then and we together, we married and shit, we making 140000 Like, what you mean? So it's just it just depends on that woman. And so you have to understand, too, it, it's deeper than that. Where do we come from? Our background, right? So the, the background, that woman, they came, her mama, her grandma was a damn slave, I'm sure, as old as she was talking that. So her grandma was a slave. So the things that was taught then was get a job or get married and get a man or uh, get get a man that got some money or go date a doctor or we have been programmed. To go look at chase after a man for what he have in that state and in that in that time. I was. I know that I was. Mama used to say, Don't date no broke, nobody broke. Okay, well, let me go date this drug dealer. He ain't broke, but he whipping my ass. Mm. Does that matter? So it's just like it's just, it's just we've had this wool over our eyes, you know, as women. And it's just like, I don't want to date nobody just what is money? There's really to me no value in it. I feel like, you know, it, it comes and it goes. But to me, it's like, okay, you got it. But what are you doing with it? What change are you making? Are you are you helping make helping to make people's lives better? Yeah, I made six figures. Ask them how much is in my pocket. But ask how much I've helped my family, too. Mm. So yeah. it's just like you. I'm not I'm not a braggadocious person because I, I know that the use of to have more is to give more. So you know that woman don't care nothing about that. It's just about her her mindset is all messed up, but it's not her fault. It's 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 programming, it's training. So the thing is, is like more so than that, how was she raised? You don't know what her mama did. Her mama probably was, you know, tricking off her. She was probably a trick herself. Where did she come from? Hmm. So all of those things is like it's deeper than that, and those are the conversations that needs to be circling around social media instead of the. I can't stand. I'm so sick of the battle of the sexes videos. Yeah. I can't stand. <laughs> some things out there. You putting some layers back on this on you. <laughs> From graduate to artist to successful entrepreneur. Yes. Uh, 2021. You dropped the book. Could you yeah. uh, could you touch on that a little bit? Like what 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 drove you to 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 put that pen to paper and just kind of expand on it? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, if I wasn't a hairstylist, I wanted to be a journalist, mm-hmm. um, and that's because when I was a little girl, like I told you guys, like my mom. Like, I would be put on these long punishments. I'm talking like I'm seven, eight, nine. I mean, she would put me on punishments for like six months straight to where all I could do was go home and go to school and go to my room. I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't do nothing else. Like, the only time I could leave out my room, see, I was literally in prison, right? But she did not care what I did was homework. And so because I was locked up, I would escape through writing. And so I would start writing, right? I've always been a writer. And so um, I remember when I was going through cancer and I don't even know why, 
but I remember being asleep and God coming to me in a dream and he told me to fast. Now, I've never been the faster. I've never been one to, never been big in the church, never been. Matter of fact, when I was going, before I was sick with cancer, I was like, God, don't talk to me about him. Mm. He ain't been there for me. He don't mm. love me. All the stuff he didn't put me through. Uh-uh. Mm. Right? So he came to me and he told me to fast. And for the first time in my life, I fasted without a church, without a sermon, without a, it was literally just me and God. And I fasted for seven days. And in that seven days, he, he expressed to me, he said, I want you to write a book. And in this book, this book is going to change millions of people's lives. Right? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to write this book. So I started writing my I started writing my life. I'm like, oh yeah, because people gonna want to know. Like they don't want to know all of this stuff. And when I uh, woke up from my surgery, they had just performed surgery. They had to take 30% of my stomach. Like almost took my whole esophagus. They wanted to take my whole esophagus, my whole stomach, everything. And even now to this day, like my esophagus is dead. Like I don't have a working esophagus, but he wanted to keep it because he felt like I was too young and it would have just changed the quality of my life. Mm-hmm. So he like so when I woke up from the surgery, he like that's not the book, and I'm like like what you mean that's not the book? He like I want you to write something else, and it's for your industry. And so I stopped writing my biography and um, biography, and and I started um, teaching. I started back teaching at um, I started teaching at Dorch at this cosmetology school, and he came to me one night. And he was like, you don't see the gap. And I'm like, oh my God, there is a gap. We're we are we are graduating these students, and they have no direction. We're we're all we doing is teaching them how to pass the test, but how do they pay their taxes? How do they learn how to save for the off season? How do they know Ooh. about um about uh I saving a four hundred one k? How do I? How do they know? They don't know. And so I I decided to put everything into this book. Put everything into the book. Even the owner of Paul Mitchell um. The owner of Paul Mitchell, the school in Michigan, she and me and her are really good friends, and she wrote in the book because she believed in it. She's like, yo, this is amazing. And but I then tried to sell the book to the schools as a part of the curriculum. And so I'm going to these schools and I'm just being told, no, 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 no. And so right before I moved, I went to college and I had a I had a meeting with the administrative or whatever, and you know. This this guy came to me and white guy. He was like, "Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it to you, real funky. These school systems is not gonna change for your book. They just not. It's old school systems. They don't want to change." And he said, "The best way to create a change is for would be for you to open up your own cosmetology school." And so I was like, "I have had people coming up to me within the last four or five years asking me to open up a school, and I'm like, I don't want to open up a school. That's just something I want to do." But uh, in that moment, I was like, "If this is what has been placed on my heart to do, then I'm going to do it." So um, six months later, I packed up my stuff and I started getting all of this stuff ready for the school. And here I am in Texas. I'm in Austin. I'm getting all of this stuff ready for the school now. Originally, it's just going to be an original cosmetology school, mm-hmm. but God came to me and was like, nah, I need something for you, your culture specifically, because if you open up a cosmetology book, it ain't for us. And I'm like, well, are all black cosmetology school? Like this people, he like, no, you're going to put it in places that's predominantly black, like Houston, like Dallas. I mean, like uh, Atlanta, 
like places where people and they're going to come to you because they're going to know that they're going to understand the history of our culture. It's so much stuff that I did not know about our culture and hair care um, that resigns to this day. You know, they need to know that that's the only way that you can understand how to take care of your, your, your the people that are going to be sitting in your chair. So going over the history to how our hair differs from Asians and Caucasians and, you know, mm-hmm. Hispanics. It's different. We have a whole different thing. So it's just like, so why isn't there a curriculum that teaches specifically black hair care? We got enough for it to, it to just be us. And there is no such thing. And so I'm creating that. And that's the book that's going to be able to change lives because it's going to it's going to show in the numbers. We're going to have more graduates. We're going to have more people in the industry um, that graduate. We're going to have more people paying their taxes. And it's going to show and they're going to be able to track back and say, well, where are these students graduating from? And it's going to be my school. That's what's up. Oof, you about to have like a that's- hair, uh, a hair HBCU. Actually, yes, it's 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 the so crazy that you call that because it's the name of the school is called BHNS Black Hair Nails and Skin Academy. Oh. Um, so I am really excited to um to the, that journey, that book that from graduate to artist to successful entrepreneur, um, it will be a part of the Cosmos uh Tology program in which my school will actually um include we're gonna have a technology room. And so all of my students will, when they graduate, not only will they graduate, they will uh, graduate with their um, LLC, their EIN, the business bank account. Like these are going to all, before you walk out of my door, you, you got to have these things in order to graduate from my school. So they'll be able to be set up correctly before they go. That's fire. That's fire right there. That's what's up, y'all. y'all so at your school, you, you doing units? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Terrell. You can, you can bring you can come to Houston and get your unit. No, I'm, 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 I'm talking saying. like you want to use So you, you gotta you gotta you got you, you gotta hit you, you know we he definitely we, want the unit. I don't want right. <laughs> Here's the thing. We we thought we talked about this in previous seasons. So you know, anytime we have a young lady on the show, but and, and especially in your field, I gotta ask the question. <laughs> I gotta ask. There's a lot to ask that question. Yes, yes. BHNS will be offering man units. It's <laughs> <laughs> on the record now. Yeah, give T the, the Steve on Harvey the special. Like I said, man. man right. Right. Okay. Okay. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I'm gonna send you. Uh, drop your address down, then uh, send it to me. I'm gonna send you some samples and show me the texture. <laughs> you think you wanna go with? I'm good, man. I'm good with the body. I'm straight. But. Uh, Yo, before you go, where can where where can anybody find you? From Instagram, the website, Facebook, everything. Where where can we find um, you? Um, okay, so on Instagram, you can find me at so in S-E-W-I-N underscore LLC. Um, and then my TikTok is my actual name, Giovanni Hatcher. That's what's up. Yeah, that is what's up. All day, man. And and before we go, man, our, our guy Rod, man, he always like to leave a a word of inspiration. You've been dropping a lot of jewels, though, Giovanni. But Rod, you gonna be able to top any of these jewels, Giovanni? Don't drop. <laughs> can't top none oh, of them. Oh, stop it! Can't top none of them. But I believe you some some words of advice. So this is from your boy, Tricky Nicky, Nick Saban. <laughs> in honor in honor of his retirement, I thought this was dope. Though there are two pains in life: there is the pain of discipline and the pain of disappointment. 
If you can handle the pain of discipline, then you'll never have to deal with the pain of disappointment. Bars. Bars. That's so good. I love that, man. So, man, Giovanni, thank you. Appreciate thank you. Thank you so I'm much glad for having me. to track you down <laughs> and join the show. Appreciate it. Yes. You. Yes, this it's been dope. a pleasure, and I, I won't be a stranger. Yeah, all day. Yeah. For sure. You're a friend of the show for for life now. Yes, for life. You already know, man. And then you know, you already Rod's brother from being from you know Rod's sister from being from the West Side. Right. So he, West Side, right. West Side. He locked in with you. West Side is the West Side. Yeah. <laughs> Seven mile, better mile. You better know it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm school craft, but I got family oh, in seven, so okay. it's all right. Okay. We we so we still family then. That's right. right. Yes, <laughs> <sir>. <laughs> man. Man, but thank you. We appreciate this. Thank you so much. Always, man. I hope somebody, one person, takes something from this episode. Um, because that's always our goal too, is just to have a dope conversation as as brothers. But we always like to have a guest. So yeah, you a sister to the show. So definitely. But uh, you know, I always like to end it, man. You know, with these three words all the time. You know, kill the music.